millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. I'm Lee. I'm Tim. And we're going on a magic carpet ride to the world of Aladdin <laughs> this week. We are in Agrabah. So we've both caught Aladdin this week. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what, what were your initial thoughts, Lee? Did you love or hate it? Oh, that's a tough question. That's very black and white. I know. I think it's a grey area. I was pleasantly surprised. I went in with very low expectations because the problem with remakes of this nature is that you've got this ingrained nostalgia from people who loved the animated version and loved Disney. It's a big obstacle to overcome and all of the Disney remakes are going to have to overcome this obstacle. But this one was in sore need of an update Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. I think it was a little bit generic, but I was pleasantly surprised. It was fun. It was colourful. What did you think? It was certainly fun and colourful. I went in with really low expectations. I was quite nervous about going in because mm-hmm. I was one of those kids in the in the 90s who grew up on all these classic Disney animated musicals. And I think Aladdin is mm-hmm. definitely one that has resonated with a lot of people in our generation. Mm-hmm. And I actually really enjoyed it. I say, I say that like I'm a little bit stunned because I am, because mm-hmm. I was kind of going in there half expecting to not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. There were things that I um, didn't quite think they got right, but I think what they did get right was certainly uh, the scale. They mm-hmm. definitely made Agrabah feel like a character. There was mm-hmm. so much light and shade to to that fictitious Disney town. I think they, in the majority, got the casting really right. Jafar is where I think they stumbled. I'm going to agree with you there. We'll yeah. talk about that. But how good was Mina Masood as Aladdin? Was he not just he was the perfect. embodiment of Aladdin? Yeah. That impish charm, the dimples, the look. He was... <laughs> A dead ringer for the cartoon. Yeah. How did that happen? That's amazing. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess they they nailed that one. They got they needed to get Aladdin right. They needed to get Aladdin and Jasmine right, and I think they really managed to do that. And they both had amazing singing voices, beautiful singing voices. Yeah, she was amazing, mm-hmm. especially in that. You know how when they release a musical that's well-known, they write mm-hmm. a few new songs, so I think there were one or two. Yeah. And one in particular, a kick-ass moment for her, 
she really has those chops. And that's yeah. that's Naomi Scott we're talking that's, about there. The yeah, actress. that's Jasmine. Yeah, when the two of them were on screen, I just think it was phenomenal. That's where the movie really took off, when it was them interacting, running mm. around Agrabah, having their beautiful moments, and, the, of course, the magic carpet ride, A Whole New World. That was beautiful, I yeah. thought. That, that was going to be hard to get right, and I think that really took you to a place that mm. felt really familiar, but also quite new. I got a bit of the chills. Well, going back to the beginning, the prologue was changed from mm. the cartoon version. And we I won't give too much away about that, but we, we started off very differently with Will Smith singing Arabian Nights, which mm-hmm. I thought didn't set the tone very well. I think it was a bit of a poor start. It was a bit of a clunky prologue. Mm. It stumbled out of the blocks. It probably took about 15 or 20 minutes for it to find its pace. Mm-hmm. And I was worried in those first few moments of the movie and I was actually surprised there weren't really many flavors of Guy Ritchie who directed the movie Mm. you might know him from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies among a few others. The disastrous King Arthur movie recently. You know what I won't get into this but I actually quite enjoyed that movie (laughs) controversial uh, take but I he has definite flavors quick cuts Mm -hmm. Uh, really fast paced action a lot of slow-mo there were moments of slow-mo in this but without those few I could probably count them on one hand Mm. you I wouldn't have known it was a Guy Ritchie movie which I think was disappointing but also a safe bet around such a beloved property as Aladdin I don't know what do you think about Guy Ritchie's take I think he I think those techniques those filming techniques that are very unique to to Ritchie were definitely in there and I think they had to be in there just to take away a little bit of the cheesiness. Sure. I can see why it, I can see why it was done. But on the one hand, there were a few moments where I felt it sort of waded into Benny Hill territory. There was a little bit of quick, like speeding up the dance sequences oh. or speeding up like the running through Agrabah, which was it was needed to sort of give give it a bit of energy and give it a bit of pace. But I think there were a couple of moments, especially in the dance sequences, where it started to border on a little bit on, you know, do 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 Benny Hill running around. I'm glad you brought that up because I'd forgot that actually really bothered me. Yeah. Especially the end. They weren't running through Agrabah and all that stuff, but they're that end dancing that they do mm-hmm. was all slightly sped up. Mm. And I don't know why. Why did they need to do that? I don't know. It, it was... looks shit. It never looks good. That technique never looks good except when you're running around Agrabah except yeah but even still then I thought I I was a misfire I was really confused as to why they did that why they chose to do that because it it does look comical yeah and I think when you were talking about Princess Jasmine having her moment with that new song called Mm. uh, Speechless is it called yeah I think that that was slowed down and very it was very powerful and there was a few filming techniques used there as well but I think it almost waded into high school musical territory (laughs) But this is, the, this is a Disney film, so I can see... You have to understand, what are we watching? We are watching a Disney movie, you're right. Yes. High School Musical, good call there, very funny. It definitely was <laughs> a music video type vibe. Yes. It, it, it did take a different pace and visual take on what the rest of the movie looked like, mm. but I think it worked for what, for what she was trying to portray in that moment for her character. Yeah. And speaking of characters... Yeah, Will Smith as the genie copped a lot of flack beforehand and I was, yeah, I was not hopeful. I was not positive. I I was not for him at all either. Really? No, well, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I think... Yeah, of course. No, before I wasn't. 
after yes. two thumbs up. Surprisingly, with the rocky start to the prologue aside, mm. there was also a couple of moments when the genie first comes out of the bottle where I felt like he was maybe bordering on an imitation of Robin Williams, that mm. really manic mm. kind of thing. And I thought, oh, oh, don't go there. But then when he started to make it his own and it was more... You know, it was Will Smith as a yeah. genie. Yeah. There was no character yeah. development there. It was Will Smith as a genie. But I think that worked. When he was being himself, when he was playing comfortable, mm. that's when it was really enjoyable. I yeah. Think. His his banter and little asides. Will Smith has really good comedic timing. Yes. Mina Masood, mm-hmm. however, I felt really lacked some comedic timing. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I felt like, I mean, again, we're watching a, a family Disney movie, mm-hmm. but when he meets Princess Jasmine as Prince Ali for the first time and is giving the gifts and whatever. One, I felt like went on for too long. Mm. Uh, it was a few beats too long for a scene. And he just didn't have the comedic chops. I felt like it was just too hammy. I don't know. What Do you, you feel think? like that was maybe improvised and it just fell flat? That's interesting insight. I reckon that was probably the case where he was trying to keep up with Will Smith and his ability to improvise off the cuff. You could kind of tell he's obviously not of the same calibre in that department but that's okay I don't know they must have spent a butt ton of time editing that together because Mm. it probably would have been much worse without that attention Um, one character I was quite disappointed in was Jafar Mm. Marwan Kanzani's version was just a very I don't even know if I'm pronouncing these names right I hope I am he was a one note villain I think Jafar should be manipulative and snake like yeah manipulating to get his own way yeah and I, they went for obnoxious and petulant. Yeah. He, his presence wasn't strong enough. No. And there were a few petty things that I like to call out. His voice was too high. Mm. He didn't sound like a villain. I know we're talking textbook villain here. Mm. But Jafar, I guess, of them all, I mean, take out the talking parrot and the magic carpet and all those sort of fantastical things. Mm. But he didn't. He wasn't cartoony enough for what he, he probably should have been. Mm. He wasn't tall enough. His voice was too high. And he just, he looked too young. I think he looked too young. I think that was probably the main thing they got wrong. Mm. I mean, I was talking to a friend and we're like, who would you have cast as Jafar? And obviously not knowing what nationality this actor is, but Ben Kingsley came to mind. Mm. I think he would have brought a lot more. Gravitas. uh, Yeah, gravitas to the role Mm. and made him a little bit more sinister and creeping in the shadows and, And I think they actually needed another name actor in there. Yeah. And speaking of the bird, the parrot, Iago, they mm-hmm. they shrunk his role yeah. quite a bit, which I think was a good move, actually. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because Abu was enough. I think the monkey was enough. Yeah, true. And, I mean, a parrot talks, so you could still have those flavours mm. in there. But it was, yeah, definitely muted a bit more. But still played a very pivotal role. Yeah. I think the costumes and set pieces were amazing. It was oh, so colourful. Fantastic. When... um. Prince Ali was uh, introduced into Agrabah, like mm. that that whole set piece and scene was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the Sultan, he was pretty much the same, I yeah. think. Yeah. He, yeah, he was all right. Look, I, I think all the supporting cast were fine. It was just Jafar that kind of stood out as a misfire. After all that, <laughs> I mean, overall, it was really fun and a colourful family film. And I definitely think it should be seen on the big screen. Oh, so for sure. Hands down. How many kernels would you give it? Uh, I'd probably give it a solid three and a half. I was going to go three and a half. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of, I want to elevate it to four, I think. Because I think it's the kind of film that you need to see on the big screen to get the full value. It's definitely one to take the kids to. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's good for a whole family and for you to revisit those childhood nostalgic mm-hmm. uh, moments of watching that cartoon Aladdin in the 90s. Mm-hmm. 
What else came out this week? What else have we got? Brightburn came out from Sony and 2040. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to quickly talk about Brightburn starring Elizabeth Banks. It's about, you know, what if a child from another world crash landed on Earth? Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead of becoming the hero to mankind like uh, Superman, he proved to be something far more sinister. So he's a superhero for evil. Superhero for evil. And I think the relationship between Elizabeth Banks' character, his mother, is that she sees the good in him and tries to convince yeah. but obviously he has ulterior motives mm. i mean i think i feel like we've seen this story before really lee <laughs> of course we are <laughs> it's very run-of-the-mill it's a tinge <laughs> yeah uh 2040 though is a film that everybody has to see from damien gamo i think it's it's really important he's the guy that did that sugar film right and it's all about what 2040 is going to look like if a we don't change the way we live and work towards fixing climate the climate issues that we have and b or what it could look like if we do and it's actually quite great that a filmmaker is taking us on that journey because an australian filmmaker yeah which is excellent i think it's a really important film to see in cinemas right now for obvious reasons so check out 2040 uh shall we kick into news There's actually quite a lot of juicy and confusing things that have happened in the movie (laughs) world. I want to kick off with the most bizarre thing I read this week Mm -hmm. during research and on my daily commute to to work. Chris Rock, I'll repeat that, Chris Rock, the comedian, (laughs) is developing a new Saw franchise reboot. Why? Why? I don't understand. I mean, those playing at home, uh, Jigsaw was the last instalment in the... 50 million Saw franchise mm-hmm. that we all know and sometimes some of us love. Mm-hmm. 2017, Jigsaw. Wasn't that long ago? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Why are we already talking about rebooting in any way, shape, or form this franchise that had no proven itself into yeah. the ground? It's not long enough in between. Are there no original ideas in Hollywood that people have to rehash things that Australian filmmakers have done? No, Correct. No less. You know, let the guys have their moment for a little bit longer. Please? I mean, I think the horror genre has a lot of legs in how it can be revisited and rehashed. I don't think we need a new Saw franchise yet, and certainly not from Chris Rock. I'm just confused in general mm. about that piece of news. One thing that confused me was Robert Patterson as Batman. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. 
Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That blew up the movie news waves across mm-hmm. the world. I don't know if it's legit, but it seems to be a pretty solid rumour at the moment. Or do you have some insight no, that it I is think actually real? I think it's legit. I think we're going that way. And do you know what? As, as hesitant as I am, as sceptical as I am, it's got to be better than Ben Affleck's. Be- ben Affleck was a good Batman in the context he was just in god-awful movies. Everything else around him was shit. I know. He just didn't seem to want to be there. We didn't want to be there in any of the press junkets, that's for sure. He, <laughs> he was just so... Just, I love all those memes where he's just like... Sad Ben Affleck. Look, yeah, sad Ben Affleck. Yeah. I mean, poor guy. He's got... He's so talented. And I think he was really dedicated to the role of Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne Batman. But he just... He, it was like the George Clooney of the 90s. I think it was just he was in a bad place in his life and it just wasn't it wasn't something he could commit to or give 110% to and mm. it showed through. Yeah, yeah. Probably more injustice than Batman vs Superman. I'm interested to see how Robert Pattinson is going to fit in. Yeah, I'm really curious. What I don't want is another go back and watch Bruce Wayne's parents get shot and stuff. Like mm, we've another seen that origin time. story. Don't want another origin story. Place him in a period of time within Batman timeline, throw some villains in there, let's just cut to the chase. But by the same token, does this mean we're going to see a reboot or a recasting of all the DC main characters? Because otherwise, I don't see him fitting in with the group. I don't really know what's going on. I mean, obviously, they Justice League was an absolute cluster mm. and r- ruined a lot of what I think they were planning, and I put that in loose terms. Mm. But they did Aquaman. They've obviously got the... F- they got The Flash coming out. Well, I mean, that's a troubled production as well. You've got a new Wonder Woman. So they're still playing on those mm. characters and those stories. So, Well, in that case, I'm not sure he fits in with that world. Do I you mean, think it'll be a standalone like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker that's coming out soon? Oh, I can't standalone wait to movie? see that, by that's the way. I cannot wicked. wait to see that. Amazing. Anyway, well, we'll see. Uh, look, I'm not quick to judge in this space. Let's just wait to see whether we find mm. what we find out more about this iteration of Batman. Let's see a teaser trailer. We'll uh, we'll talk about it then. We'll brush over quickly. Quentin Tarantino had a press conference at Cannes recently about Margot Robbie's character Sharon Tate having very little lines in his new Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he was very short. He didn't want to answer that question. And Margot Robbie actually stepped in and said that she thought it was a very artistic choice that the character didn't have very many lines, and it was a challenge for her to act without that many lines but Mm. what do you think about that oh look i think it's someone pulling out a piece of the movie that they just want to get some headlines Mm. we're talking about quentin tarantino here the absolute champion for female empowerment look at the movies he's made kill Mm. bill pulp fiction jackie brown he's written big roles for women obviously i think I'm on the fence of Margot Robbie in that it's it was an artistic decision. Mm. People are saying that she was underutilised, but he wrote the movie before he cast, didn't he? Right, so it's not like he was underutilising Margot Robbie. It was that the character was written that way for a reason. Yeah, and actors are allowed to play smaller roles. They're not, <laughs> yeah. They don't always have to be the big leading yeah. man or lady. You know, there's a place for those. And I'm sure she makes a big impact in the film. The film's getting great buzz mm. at Cannes. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Quentin Tarantino's ninth film. In other news, Christopher Nolan's Tenet has begun filming, and this is an epic 
evolving from the world of international espionage. Nolan's directing from his own original screenplay and he's going to be utilising a mixture of IMAX and 70mm film, which I think is going to create a really interesting visual experience. He is the godfather of IMAX and 70mm, in Mm. terms of like the shots that he orchestrates and fits into his narrative. I'll never forget seeing The Dark Knight at IMAX Theatre and Dying Harbour, Mm. like, whoa. Yeah. Epic. Bring back the IMAX. When's it coming back? I don't know. It it is coming back. I think it's probably a few years away, Mm. but it's a, it's a, it's a big international market. IMAX just keeps growing and growing. And at the time, we pulled down our only huge IMAX in Australia, <laughs> basically. So we'll have to play a bit of catch up in a couple of years. Yeah. And you've got some news on Daniel Craig's recovery. So we mentioned in our last podcast that Daniel Craig had injured himself on the set of Bond 25 mm-hmm. in Jamaica. It's turned out that he is rather injured. He's undergoing ankle surgery mm. back in the UK. And then off the back of that, he needs about two weeks to recover. That's now, not a lot of time. Then. It's not a lot of time. So hopefully it's not that serious, but obviously serious enough that he's probably, probably work out to be a month off production and filming. You think that it's called... Bond, right? He's going to be in a lot of the scenes, but it's not actually halting production. They're continuing filming, obviously doing probably second unit stuff Mm. and other characters. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to, at this moment in time, impact the release date. So that's really positive news. So we hope he's all right and he recovers and, you know, starts running like Tom Cruise again as as James (laughs) Bond. (laughs) And Ghostbusters is turning into a bloody saga, isn't it? What's going on now? Honestly, I'm very confused by Ghostbusters. Obviously, we had the two movies in the 80s and then Mm -hmm. 2016. Classics, by the way. Classics, absolute classics. Then in 2016, your female Ghostbusters. Which was fantastic. I I enjoyed it. Me too. I actually quite enjoyed it. Paul Feig can make a movie. Absolutely. And a lot of the original Ghostbusters characters, I think all of them actually. Almost all of them. Almost all of them. Living ones. Correct. uh, Had some cameo roles, some bigger than others. Mm -hmm. But now, obviously, there's going to be a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2 in the works or with the original characters, which is, okay, why? Okay, whatever. I don't mind that, though. Actually, I don't mind that because it's kind of like going back to a separate era. But I think what people took umbrage to is the way it was announced. Yeah. And it was like dismissing the female version. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't done very well. It wasn't, it wasn't dealt well. with. Yeah, I don't mind having no, a second sequel to the original lot. Oh yeah, neither do I. I think that's fine as long as you don't discount the female version. Yeah, from a PR perspective, it was a bit of a disaster. Yeah, but it's come to light that Dan Aykroyd has actually written a prequel series to Ghostbusters where it's set in 1969. Mm. Um, I guess. All that would depend on the success of the sequel, which is coming out next year, 2020. Mm. And the prequel will, in fact, follow the teenage versions of the original Ghostbusters. Well, it's bringing in a new generation, isn't it, if you do that? It's a smart move. It's kind of like what It are doing, but in reverse. Cussing the adults of the kids is kind of cussing the kids of the adults, which I kind of get a kick out of, I get it. Mm. But I just wonder if it is this a little too late. He's obviously got his heart set on He's done a lot of work on this prequel Mm. before he even knows that it's going to come together. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a, probably a, a lot of those scripts out and about mm. in Hollywood anyway. So we had some new trailers out this week. Exciting one that I'm really, really looking forward to is Terminator Dark Fate. I watched that trailer like 50 times. Yeah, yeah. We've got Linda Hamilton back, and I think that is just – that's enough to make it a success, I think. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, there. so the context around this is you have Terminator, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and then what will follow that is Terminator Dark Fate. Yep. So Terminator 3, in the bin. Terminator Salvation, in throw it bin. in the trash. 
Terminator Genesis, let's not mention that. (laughs) Don't mention the war. So it's a direct sequel from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. James Cameron has written the story. He's back on in the producing chair. Tick, fucking tick. This is going to (laughs) be epic. I'm on board. You've got Arnie in it again. You've got Linda Hamilton, like you said, Lee. And uh, I'm not really sure what the story is about. You kind of get flavors from the trailer. It's it's picking up straight after Judgment Day. Yeah, a few days after. You're right. I mean, it's it's a great trailer. It's generated a lot of buzz. I'm on board. I'm going to stop ranting about it. I'm clearly excited. <laughs> and, of course, Arnie's going to be back as well. You cannot have one of these movies without Arnie. The thing is, though, he's been in every Terminator movie except Salvation, where mm. they did, like, a CGI younger version of him. So it's good, yeah. It, he needs to be here. He looks old. He l- actually looks like an old Terminator, so I'm really interested to see. Like, he's got a beard with gray mm. hair and stuff. How so, are they going to explain Yeah, that? what what mm. is that? What's his story? Which I think is really compelling. Mm. We've got a couple of kids' films as well that we've got trailers for. We've got Abominable, which is coming out in September. And that's a really cute story about a bunch of kids finding the Abominable Snowman and having to get him home. Cute. Yeah, it's cute. And oh. Toy Story 4, the final trailer for this Toy Story 4. Are you looking forward to this one? <sighs> Lee. Oh, that was a big sigh. Oh, I, Jesus. It was a sigh with chills because I, I get transported back to how perfect Toy Story 3 was. Yeah. And how it ended that Andy saga. It was just beautiful. And, you know, that was nine years ago. Mm. That was a decade ago, which also, I'm old. What the hell? Where did the last (laughs) ten years go? Look, I I trust Pixar. I really do. I want to be excited about this. I just don't know why we needed it. Apparently, it's the last one. I feel it felt like maybe they've done this so that they can set it up for a new beginning to show that, like, a bit more hope. Whereas the other one was a sort of... Well, actually, no. Toy Story 3 was gave you hope that there was new life being passed on to, to new Bonnie. children. Exactly. Yeah. There, there was hope there. So, like, it was sad. Mm. Like, the Andy chapter ended. Uh, the, the only thing that I'm... Um, I am a bit on the fence about sometimes whether I want to know everything about a movie before I see it mm. and whether I kind of want to go in and be a bit surprised. But Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, they're out doing all these interviews and they're saying that we're saying goodbye to Woody and Buzz. So what does that mean? Are you killing them, Pixar? Are they going to die? I think that's a bit dark for Pixar. I mean, Pixar gets pretty depressing, but it's not that dark. I wouldn't put it past them. But I also don't want to know that. I don't want to know we're saying goodbye to them in this ominous, what the hell does that mean? Insert your thoughts here. I just want to go in and, all right, we're having another Toy Story adventure and and we'll go from there. Well, I mean, we're in the age of remakes, Tim. Chris Rock will reboot it in a couple of years. I just, I'm closing my eyes, shaking my head right now. Chris Rock and Saw, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh dear. So it was a big week this week, but it's an even bigger week next week. What's coming next week? Rubbing my hands together for Godzilla 2 King of Monsters. Mm. I have a bit of a soft spot for that franchise. I actually quite like Kong, Skull Island, Godzilla. Yeah, but it was fun. Mm. This one is kind of looks epic. I feel like Kong is always a success, but Godzilla's always a bit iffy. Why mm. do you think that is? Oh, well, Matthew Broderick's not in this one, so oh. that's a good start. <laughs> I like Matthew Broderick. Well, you don't like the 97 like, Godzilla, though, I didn't do like you? that film, no. It's actually the only film that I've ever walked out of, ever. What? I never walk out of a film, and that's the only film I've walked out of. Wow. I mean, mm. I've walked out of a few, but okay, yeah, fair call. Mm. 
But I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, I mean, I can take one for the team, Lee, if you don't want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll report back on the next podcast. It's the feature film debut of Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, she's never been in a movie before. I think so. Ooh, that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's great. Yeah. She's like the new Jennifer Lawrence, I reckon. Obviously, well, well younger. Mm -hmm. But I think she's kind of... Or the Dakota Fatting, you know. She's Mm -hmm. got all these big acting chops as a young actress. So I'm really interested to see where she goes but Lee the big ticket this mm. week what have we got coming out next week is Rocket Man and Keen. it had the Australian premiere last Saturday at Sydney's State Theatre and with Taryn Egerton and Dexter Fletcher the director in attendance went off yeah absolutely went off huge and, resounding uh, reactions and it's getting amazing reviews out of Khan. everybody's loving it I'm looking forward to it I've got high expectations and I think they're going to be met I'm, I think after Dexter Fletcher parted ways with Bohemian Rhapsody I was very disappointed in that because and then he came in at the end once all that business with Brian Singer and he was taken off the film right. he came in and finished Bohemian Rhapsody and I think if he had been allowed to do that film from the very beginning we would have had a more successful Bohemian Rhapsody I mean, it was successful enough. It was great, but there were some things missing. It, was, it wasn't it was as honest a portrayal as what it should have been. They made up stuff. They literally made yeah. up timelines where things happened. I it think Queen rewrote. Odd. I think Queen rewrote history a little bit there. But I'm really looking forward to Rocketman because I think it's going to be a little bit more warts and all. Mm. And I think it's also going to be really well done. Dexter Fletcher's a great filmmaker. Yeah. You kind of get flavours from the trailer that it's not going to shy away from Elton John's dark moments of his life mm. and rise to fame and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, I'm really keen to sink my teeth into Rocketman. And Taron Egerton is just phenomenal. Have you heard him sing? I have. He sounds amazing. With Elton. Yeah. At the piano. Yeah. Awesome. So really looking forward to that one. Yep. Two big releases, Rocketman, Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters. Coming next week on May 30. All right, Lee. I think we're done for the week. Jam-packed. Obviously, lots of news. We've mentioned James Bond, Saw franchise, among other things. Big ticket item was Aladdin, obviously, out now. Go out and see it. Jump in the cinema seat and let us know what you think. Yep, see it for yourself, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, Tim, until next time. All right, see you then. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.